Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a Triad production. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor, and with me today is Jonathan Wolf. John is the CEO of Pyramid Healthcare Incorporated. Founded in 1999, Pyramid Healthcare is an organization of committed professionals identifying human service needs and creating solutions for growth and improved quality of life, offering substance use and mental health programs in over 70 locations that help individuals of all ages manage chemical dependency, mental health, eating disorders, and autism. Today, we're talking about the increase in private equity coming into the behavioral healthcare field. John, I want to welcome you to our show today. So nice to have you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Grant. It's good to be with you. Great to have you here. You know, I got a little bit of an introduction there as to Pyramid Healthcare, but I would love if you could kind of just take it a little bit here and further introduce Pyramid Healthcare and all that's going on with you guys. Sure. Love to. So I'm the founder of Pyramid Healthcare back in 1999. We started with one facility in central Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And, you know, got a little friends and family money, a little bit of bank money, some local investors, and, and sort of launched off and formed a behavioral health care company. And, you know, struggled hard through, through the years and came to the conclusion in 2011 that we had really a little bit too much debt. There, there's risk involved in being all in one state. We were primarily a government payer. The government, you know, can, can change its mind sometimes on yeah. what it wants to pay and how it wants to pay. And so, again, we saw risk. And, and so we saw that private equity had the ability to recapitalize us, to reduce our debt, and to provide us the necessary capital that could expand out of state, could expand to you know a different number of payers, reduce the risk that we had. You know, I personally had a lot of personal risk, you know, guaranteeing loans and so on. And so private equity is able to take that away from us. So from 2011 until today, the launch is pretty meteoric. We went from about 16 facilities to over 70, as you mentioned today. Yes. Um, we have about 2,600 employees. We're one of the largest private behavioral health providers in the country. You know, we do service in seven different states. We have over 1,300 inpatient detoxification, rehabilitation, and, and mental health treatment beds. And really have this very eclectic mix of all behavioral health care services that serves both outpatient and inpatient, still has a very big commitment to Medicaid clients and government payers, but also commercial payers. So we're very diversified in terms of the number of states, number of services that we offer, the risk has been reduced. Yeah. And and we've grown from probably about 30 million when private equity acquired us to over 200 million in revenue today. So it's been, it's really, uh, I think, a great example of what private equity can do for a small behavioral health care business over the course of uh, a pretty fair number of years. Well, congratulations uh, on that. Those are some pretty significant numbers, yeah. 70 facilities and 2,700 employees, seven states from 30 to 200 million in, in terms of the revenue being generated. That's spectacular. You talk about meteoric. You know, let's back up a second and maybe let's let our listeners know when we talk about private equity, Coming into a business field, let's say like behavioral health, what are we talking about private equity being and who tends to be these private equity lenders or investors? Good question. So private equity is institutional and in some cases, retail investors, high net worth individuals that take their investment funds and put them into a private equity fund. 
And then that fund invests in businesses, sometimes a public business, right. and most of the time it's probably a private business. And they use those funds then to help that business fund new technology, make acquisitions, expand our capital that they have available, solidify the balance sheet. Again, maybe it was in my case, you know, take some of the personal risk away from initial people who start companies. And the advantage is that you, you go sort of around the conventional financing mechanism, that is like high interest bank loans or having to go public. So it's growing leaps and bounds in all industries, but in particularly in yeah. behavioral health. Primary investors are public pension funds. You know, I, I think of all, if our listeners think about it, do you have a public pension fund? Do you have a private pension fund? Do you have health insurance? If the answer is yes, then you are a private equity investor through those funds. And that's probably the majority of people. They, they don't really know it, but they are invested in private equity funds. For example, the biggest public pension fund is CalPERS out in California, public employees. They've invested about $50 billion in private equity at this point. And you can sort of go down the list of these public and private pension funds. And they're the primary investors in private equity at this point in time. Yeah. As you see the private equity trends and being invested in these ways, what trends are you seeing in behavioral health that are leading private equity investors to consider behavioral health in new ways that maybe they haven't before? You know, there's been a lot of changes in behavioral health. First of all, there's increase in the awareness of mental health as a disease, there's a decrease in stigma. And then there's been some pretty important regulatory changes. You know, the Mental Health Parity Act of 2008, you know, right. required mental illness to be reimbursed on par with physical illness and healthcare plans. Yes. The Affordable Care Act in 2012 abolished lifetime limits on inpatient behavioral health care. The Cures Act in 2016 increased parity issues. Medicaid expansion, and you know, it cost uh, over $93 billion in 2019. So most of the states have really expanded their Medicaid programs. And a lot of clients who receive behavioral health care are utilizing Medicaid. And then, of course, we have the opioid epidemic, which is yes. uh, outside of COVID, the number one public health care problem that we have, as agreed to by, I think, everybody. The number of opioid deaths has, has again, skyrocketed. It's become you know, a very important thing in most legislation that's being passed, additional funding. So what's happening is I think that private equity is looking from the outside and seeing all these tailwinds. And they're seeing increased funding on dramatic scale in behavioral health care. And it's opportunity for them uh, right. to, you know, sort of participate in that growth. Those are powerful things. You're talking about the, the laws improving. You're talking about the mental health needs are growing, you know, COVID with the epidemic, with the, with the opioids, the funding opportunities coming into play. Those are some really cool trends, you know, that I can see benefiting the delivery of needed services in ways that's never been done before. You're talking about, you know, you were starting off with 16 facilities. Now you've got 70. So to be able to provide these, you know, needs being met, that's pretty noteworthy. Yeah. Never could have been done without private equity. We've been able yeah. to go into rural areas. Yeah. Um, we've been able to develop services in places where they've never been developed before, only because nobody really wanted to invest in it. And, you know, and particularly when yeah. you're providing services to a Medicaid population, which typically mm -hmm. the funding is a lot less 
where you have to build scale. And I think private equity has been able to make large investments in behavioral health care providers like us so that we can create the scale that's required in order to provide services to a lower socioeconomic people in Medicaid to, to provide, you know, exceptional behavioral health care to those folks as well. Yeah, that's outstanding. You know, as we better understand with your help, the private equity and how it's benefiting the delivery of these needed services to the variety of populations that it is, what is this meaning for the behavioral health care provider themselves and how are practitioners benefiting, are you saying? Again, I think with greater access to capital means, I believe, first and foremost, that the quality improves. And private equity, they're great business people and they believe in growth. But they understand that the only way to do that is to provide a superior product. So I think that they've increased the competition. I think that they've increased the quality of services. I think that they've increased the, the number of services that are out there. So they've provided much, much greater opportunity for people who you know, want to go into behavioral health care or who are already in behavioral health care. You just think of, you know, if you're a manager who've been working at our company and growing from 16 to 70 facilities, an enormous amount of opportunity to, to grow, relocate, you know, be part of a bigger system. So it's opportunity, it's quality, it's opportunity. And I think with the increase in capital that private equity is paying more attention to, let's document how treatment's being rendered and what are the specific outcomes because yeah. they're savvy investors. And they want documented results and that's how we prove outcomes. And I think in behavioral health care, you know, that's one area where we really needed to improve and still do in, in documenting the, the performance metrics, the outcomes, the KPIs of what it is we're doing, the patients getting better over the extended period of time. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Continuing education is both a requirement and a learning opportunity but finding the right CE provider can be challenging. AATBS, a triad company, offers continuing education for psychologists, social workers, marriage and family therapists, counselors, and behavior analysts. CE courses are available both individually and as part of our new All Access Pass. All Access Pass provides a library of over 250 unique courses. That's more than 800 hours of CEs, with new courses being added every month. As a special offer, Behavioral Health Today listeners can save 15% on CE purchases. Visit us at aatbs.com bht and enter promo code bht15 during checkout. That's aatbs.com bht. Check out our library and check off your CE requirements today. You know, we did a show recently with that same theme where we get to bring the training and the education, the expertise of the mental health side with the business folks. And that is a really synergistic relationship that can happen, isn't it? That is what you're doing, basically, and allowing both to really thrive and for those services to be provided to the variety of different populations that it can touch. By themselves, they're good, but when you bring them together, boy, the needs that can get met, the quality of care, the number of services, the outcomes can improve. Those are some really good stats that get to be measured when these two parts come together, the, the business side, the equity yeah. side, and then you bring together the mental health, behavior health side. That is a really nice marriage yeah. of those two. Absolutely. And, you know, because so much of behavioral health care is public funded, 
And, you know, mm-hmm. we're in there slugging it out in the legislatures and with the state administrations and the federal. And there's a lot of people who are competing for these dollars. And yeah. we need to show outcomes. We need to prove what yeah. we're doing and that it's worthy and that it has a return on investment and that it's, again, it's worthy of making an investment in behavioral health care as opposed to something else. I think it's important, you know, people can talk about best practices and things along those lines, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty and if you're going to bring, you know, the business side into the mental health side, what you get to do is to show those outcomes that really speak for themselves when you're looking at different laws being changed or if a service is being provided. You know, when, when, a, when a private equity company, this is shifting just a wee bit, when a private equity company is considering an acquisition, just speak from that point of view for a moment. What are they typically looking for and what might they be cautious or wary of in general? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. Well, I think number one is growth potential. And, you know, is there a real plan for future growth? I think that's number one on the list. They're also, I think, looking for quality management teams. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think for the most part, they, they don't want to have to go in, you know, build a management team and have all the disruption associated with that. I think they're looking for quality outcomes and, and they're looking for minimized risk. Again, you think that these are investors, right? At the end of the day, it comes down to risk. And so what's the compliance risk? What kind of quality compliance program do you have? You know, what are the chances that you could run afoul of government regulations, you know, payment regulations and so on? Big issue today is IT security with all the, all the attempts, you know, with malware and what's the quality of your IT security. It can be very expensive to build IT security in a company. I think they're looking to minimize legal risk. So, you know, they're always looking at what's the pattern of, you know, legal issues that have come up in the past. And I think just in, in general, operational risk, you know, how, how good is it being run? How, how well is it being run? And if, is there an existing profit margin? Is there a potential to build an existing profit margin? And is the business plan replicable? Because again, profit equity is about growth. So do you have a business plan that you can replicate in other places. Yeah. Those are great points. Just out of curiosity, although you don't want to necessarily coach competition too much, do you do much consultation at all? Just uh, because you got a great business mind. Just out of curiosity, do you do do consultation? (laughs) A little bit here or there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you know, the interesting thing is that in behavioral healthcare, roughly less than 50% of the people that need treatment ever get it from a behavioral healthcare professional. So there's so much demand and there's, you know, we don't really think a whole lot about competition because there's plenty of room for more people in sure. this market. And so it's, it's our, it's our pleasure in most cases to help people who are, are trying to find ways to serve more folks. Frankly. Well, that's what I was kind of thinking too. I mean, you guys have a kind of a, a really cool niche, you know, in niche in what you're doing. And I think you've got a great focus and there's so many other, you know, other ones from trauma to, other treatment facilities or other treatment programs for other diagnostic, you know, criteria that comes through the door and having some, you know, variety of services. You've got a great mind and the way you talk about these things makes total sense. I think it's easy to listen to and easy to make sense of. And I could see some people really benefiting from your you know, consultation around this. You know, even as we talk about that, as you look down the road in the future with private equity in the mental health field, what are you, what are you forecasting? I think certainly we've seen, again, some fairly dramatic growth in the investments that are being made by private equity in behavioral health care. 
that trend mm-hmm. is it seems to be accelerating. I know I saw one statistic back in 2012, there were 93 behavioral health care deals with private equity. So 93 in 2012 and 2020, there were 180. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and, it, and it, it's only gone up in 2021, yeah. right? And, yeah. and it's going to continue because yes, it is. these tailwinds are very yes. real. If anything, they're accelerating. We're seeing more money yeah. come into the system. There's more sensitivity to the opioid epidemic. As you pointed out, this COVID epidemic has really increased the demand. I saw a statistic the other day that they believe it might take a decade for us to go back to the levels that we were at in terms of the behavioral health care demand, particularly among young people. So I really think all sectors, drug and alcohol, mental health, autism, IDD, at-risk youth, brain injury, we're going to see uh, continued expansion of private equity's role in every one of those segments, without question. Isn't that going to be exciting? You know, you're talking about with that growth comes more diverse programs and you get to see the growth in the industry itself take place. And ideally for practitioners that are coming out of school, being able to have employment, the career growth for them. And, you know, like you were saying earlier with the number of your employees you have or the way that they can, you know, be portable, move around a little bit if they want to. And just the whole quality coming into the field when it's driven by the business component of the private equity. There's some really exciting things coming down the pike, aren't there? It really is. And I think private equity is going to help increase the salaries that we're able to pay people. And that that's one mm-hmm. of the rubs in our industry. You know, I mean, the kids come out of school now, they could be a social worker and make $45,000. They'd be an engineer and make 145. Right and right. and so we need to be able to pay people more in behavioral health care and, and so we need more capital to be able to do that. So I think the private equity can help with that because today getting enough staff to staff our facilities is probably the biggest problem our whole industry has in behavioral health care. I mean we all we employ nurses as well, but you know in physical health care everybody hears about this nursing crisis, which is very real. Yeah we're kind of coming into the home stretch here. And I know you've been doing this since 1999. That's a while, the founder and CEO. And so this has been in your wheelhouse for a long time. What gets you up in the morning each day here now that you've been doing it for a while? What are you excited about? Yeah, it's still the same thing. And that is, that, <laughs> that's uh, cool, man. We're, 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 we're changing people's lives. You know, the, the, the best, the best part of my day is to get a letter from a former patient. Yeah. That's it. Still doing well, changed my life. And that, that's what it's all about. And I think you have to have that commitment to po- making positive changes in people's lives and, and doing a better job every day and, uh, and trying to expand services. Because again, there just isn't enough treatment available for the people who need it. And so we, we have to be here to, to expand and, and grow and meet people's needs. So that, that gets me out every day. Isn't that great? You know, when you think about this field, you talk about two things right there. One, getting positive feedback from people who, because of your program, are saying, you changed my life and I'm and I'm reaching my potential now that I've been created to experience what wasn't able to. Things, Some things got in the way for whatever reasons, and now I'm kind of get, getting my life back on track and I get to live the life that I'm, that I'm meant to be living. And the second piece is there's always, I had a Sunday school teacher one time who said, you know, you want to make your good better and your better best. And that's what you're talking about here. There's always ways to improve, aren't there? To make it a little bit better and then your better best from there. That's an exciting part of it too, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, you gotta, I think you got to have that commitment. You know, That's what we teach our clients, right? I mean, it's just exactly. getting better every day. That's yeah. right. That's right. 
Well, John, this is pretty exciting. You know, I would love for our listeners who are interested in learning more about private equity and mental health field, and also just about you and Pyramid Healthcare, would you give them some suggestions on some resources that they can follow up on following our show today? And we'll post these on our website as well, but give us some uh, resources to follow up with this conversation today we're having. If they want to learn more about uh, private equity, there's a great company called PitchBook uh, that we're part of that that really talks, you know, at a much more broad way about private equity. You know, certainly if you want to hear about Pyramid Healthcare, our website is pyramidhealthcarepa.com. So, you know, I think that's just some of the basics that people can just, you know, sort of roll around the internet with. Really good. Well, John, I've appreciated having you on the show today. I'd love to have you back and just see what happens, you know, in 2022 as things grow and ideally maybe some of the pandemic uh, winds down a wee bit, but the, but the mental health needs are going to be remaining for a while. I heard the same stat. It's going to be taking about eight to 10 years, I think, for us to kind of recalibrate and uh, kind of find ourselves mental health wise following kind of the residual of this pandemic that we've gone through. So I'd love to have you come back and just talk about what's happening in this next season of your guys' lives. But I certainly appreciate you being with us today and sharing what you did. It's my pleasure, Graham. Thanks so much. Really nice. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining John and me today. It's always great to have you with us. And I want to remind you that this episode and its resources and all our other shows can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash BHT. So check out our webpage, triadhq.com slash BHT. And explore our archives of podcasts and resource materials, including John's that we'll be putting up from today's show. Thanks again for being with us on the show, and we will look forward to having you with us next time on Behavioral Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.